Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. Alright, so I know that this is the internet, but you'll just have to trust me on this having actually happened to me. And please, bear with this slightly lengthy recollection. So... My extremely Catholic grandmother owned a house in rural New York. We'd often go there when we went to camp or have family holidays. The place always just had this weird vibe to it too, as it was over 150 years old. I had several paranormal experiences like seeing what I believed to be a spirit man in a brown coat and top hat in the kitchen, or hearing children's voices in the bunk bedroom when nobody was home, as well as light fixtures acting strangely like bulbs going out on holiday lights one by one in sequence instead of all at once, and lots of weird stuff. But these experiences were never emotion-inducing or threatening, just weird things that I was convinced I saw, until one day when I was about 10. So, I was there alone while my grandmother went shopping and was watching Avatar The Last Airbender and playing with Legos and pretty standard stuff. I went to the bathroom at one point and noticed the door to the basement. I never thought anything of the basement because it was always closed and off limits anyway, but being unsupervised and the bold kid that I was, I opened the door to get a peek. It was absolutely pitch black down those stairs, but within about three seconds I felt an intense chill and an absolutely terrifying feeling of just pure evil wash over me, like a primal fear. Every instinct in my being and soul went into full panic mode as I felt the presence rapidly approaching up the stairs. I shut the door and locked it as fast as I could, and I ran to the common room and grabbed a cross, convinced that it was some sort of demon. And upon telling my grandmother this, her face went completely white, 
as if she wasn't as shocked as afraid, and as if she knew something about it that she wasn't telling me. She called a priest into the house and had him bless the place. When he opened the door to the basement, he actually stopped abruptly and slowly descended. He performed his blessing down there and confided in us that he had felt the same feeling of dread, but that the house was protected by the Lord now and we had nothing to fear. I was always wary after that though, but never experienced it again, and certainly never went near the basement again. As I grew up, it weighed less on me and I thought that maybe I was just a kid who spooked himself. And maybe I had a grandmother who was just so religious that she thought a non-existent demon was present and maybe the priest felt what we were telling him that we had felt. And maybe the whole thing just wasn't real. Unfortunately for that theory, and the reason I share this is because I learned a few years ago that the family that had moved into the house after my grandparents moved to Florida had abruptly moved out. They had actually forfeited their down payment and left immediately because, and I quote from the realtor's report, the demons in the basement were terrorizing their children to an unbearable degree. So, I don't know what was down there, but it definitely wasn't human. It wasn't benevolent, and it definitely wasn't make-believe. I lived in a small town in PA, and it was a snow day, so school was closed. I'm a female, and was about 11 years old at the time. My two cousins, both male, lived about 15 minutes walking down the road. One of my cousins was my age, the other was about six. The area that we lived in was typically quiet and very safe. Not a lot happened and when something did, everyone knew about it immediately. It was the type of town that everyone's parents and even most of their grandparents grew up in, so everyone basically knew each other. So we decided we wanted to go sledding, so I walked to their house one day. My aunt was actually a stay-at-home mum, so she was there. She greeted me at the door when I arrived and I waited on my cousins to put their snowsuits on. After they got around, we all three went back out to the sleds from the shed. My aunt decided that while we were getting everything we needed, she would shovel the sidewalks out front and make a path for us to get to the car. They had a long sidewalk from the back door leading to the shed, and right beside the shed was an alley that was rarely used, at the end of the backyard. The three of us had just approached the shed, and we noticed the door was either locked or stuck. As we were standing there messing with the door, an old pickup truck with two older men inside creeps up the alley and stops right next to or behind us. The driver then got out and quickly walked around to the passenger side toward the three of us. He was about two feet away from us and we didn't think anything of it because we were all focused on the door. When all of a sudden, I heard my aunt yell, Hey, what the hell are you doing? And as soon as she questioned him, the man ran back, got in his truck and just sped off down the alley. After calling the police and giving them a description of the man and what happened, my aunt lectured us about being more aware of our surroundings and she wondered why we didn't pick up my younger cousin and run to the house. But in all honesty, we were two 11-year-olds and we were a bit naive, I must admit. But we had no clue anything was wrong and we didn't really notice someone was attempting to even kidnap us. Our backs were turned to the man and we were focused on the shed door. I only really saw him in my peripheral vision. From what I recall too, the men were never caught either. To this day, I still have no idea how she even knew anything was going on. The snow muffled most of the sounds that you would normally hear outside and the truck was rather quiet. 
She told us too that she just had a gut feeling that something was off and she came back to check on us to be sure everything was okay and to her surprise we were just about to be snatched up. I think about it from time to time as well and it still gives me chills. I always wonder what would have happened if she hadn't have checked on us. I am forever thankful for her mother's intuition though because it literally saved all of our lives. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I finally had a place all to myself. I lived in Austin and I always had roommates or lived with a roommate. I broke up with my boyfriend and got a place to myself. I went to my parents for Christmas and had a major surgery when I came back. Went back to partying on downtown every night after work too. I had a usual routine of coming home at 2am, hopping into the shower, putting on my pyjamas, a face mask, hair still in a towel, wrap up in a blanket and watch murder mysteries, alien conspiracies on TV for a couple of hours because I was usually still pretty high off the night. One night though, I just felt something was off and looked up from my TV. My apartment had huge windows in the front living room area and in the back bedroom area that slid like sliding doors, for context. I looked up and... There was a man with his shirt over his head and pants at his ankle, just jerking off to me, watching TV with a towel turban and green face mask. I stood up and told him to get lost, and he ran away and tripped over his pants. I didn't think too much of it because, well, Austin is weird. But a few nights later, he was back again. So this time I opened the door and yelled at him. Three nights after that, he came back again, and this time... I called the police and they came out and he obviously wasn't there but took my description of the naked man. A few nights later, he's back again. I call the police and my friend or co-worker who obviously doesn't believe me. And this pattern continues for two months. Every few days, this guy would show up. The police were annoyed with me and they actually put a cop car outside my apartment for two weeks. This guy clearly was not going to come with the cops right outside, so the cops eventually were like, sucks for you. It happens again, and they bring out the helicopters over my neighborhood looking for naked dude. But none of my friends believe me, and I don't think the cops do either. The only person who believes me is my neighbor in the army, who takes me to buy a security camera that we have nowhere to put because the window is a little too reflective on the camera. So now I have this pattern of calling cops, neighbors, friends, co-workers, all who think I'm making this up every three nights or so. My apartment complex said that I could leave if I feel I'm in danger and genuinely I didn't think that I was in danger. 
I was just super annoyed at the time that this guy was tugging his balls to me in green face masks during my downtime at 2am. Well, I eventually gave up on everyone believing me, besides my neighbour. He had a sister who had a stalker, so yeah, kind of makes sense that he would believe me. And that night, I'm back from partying and I do my usual routine and I turn on Ancient Aliens. I'm half asleep on my couch when I hear a noise from the bedroom. So I slowly sit up and listen. There's a, a sliding noise and then the noise of the blinds being opened. I stand up and thankfully the kitchen drawer with knives was literally a part of the hallway so I just start tossing knives down the hallway towards the window yelling, what the hell, why me? I finally look at the guy in the window, my naked dude, and he's just staring at me in shock as if I'm the crazy one and as if I shouldn't be throwing knives at him. And then, we had a short staring contest before my neighbor came running downstairs, busting through the door like an Avenger or something, and the guy ran off. 911 and we're on the phone again, and my neighbors are on the phone with my family telling them to send me back to Dallas in any place that isn't on the first floor ever again. I did have to do a lineup at the police station eventually, pick the guy out but no proof it was him and I was back in Dallas in no time. I eventually went on with my life and then one day I was watching the news with my brother and the Austin bomber was on TV and there he was, my naked dude. So I've told this story just to a few friends but I either get laughs because they don't believe me or they're just creeped out as I was when the incident actually happened. So one night on Thanksgiving when I was about 10 years old, 23 now, my cousin Chris and my bro Arf and our old friend David decided to play a game of hide and seek in the neighborhood. We were all the same age and we would often play outside because we just wanted to get away from the adult stuff. We also got a few kicks out of hiding in the neighborhood after dark and whatnot. So we set boundaries and we had one main rule, you cannot hide in the house. Mind you, it was often broken though, but we would always set it anyways. Arf and David were the hiders and Chris and I were the seekers this day. We counted to a hundred and then we were off to find them. About 15 minutes passed by and we couldn't find them anywhere. Then 30 minutes, 45 minutes, not a sign of them anywhere. But me and Chris were a bit concerned at this point considering that it had been too long since we'd seen them. We started to yell, Arf, David, come out, we're not playing anymore. But there was no answer. We then went into the house to check all the rooms, but nothing. Only the adults eating and laughing and having a normal Thanksgiving. Chris and I went out to the front and started to say that we should probably get adult help here and let them know what's going on. We didn't want to alert the whole party by telling them that we couldn't find Arf and David, so we somehow got David's dad to come outside to the front lawn and see if he could help spot them in the distance or something. So we went out to the edge of the driveway with David's dad and he suddenly yells, Hey, I think that that's your brother. My cousin and I look and we see my brother running down the sidewalk away from us. While David's dad stays on the edge of the driveway, Chris and I start running after him, yelling that he give up and that we're not playing anymore. We weren't catching up to him, but we weren't far off now. We were about 10 feet away from him. We see him run and hide behind a pair of palm trees that was in the corner of one of the houses down the block. We finally felt that we had him cornered. Chris goes to the right side and I take the left. We knew at that second that we had him. 
that was until we checked behind the tree and there was no one there. Chris and I just kind of looked at each other dumbfounded because the only way that he would have been able to escape was either through us or over a six foot fence that was on a hill and we knew that that was impossible because we would have seen or heard him. My cousin and I started to walk back immediately and met David's dad at the edge of the driveway. David's dad automatically says, you guys saw that right? And we said, of course, we were chasing after him. He says, okay, because Arf and David are actually inside the house. We went back inside the house and nobody believed a word that we said though, even with David's dad saying that he saw this kid as well. My brother swears that it was not him and that he and David were inside the house spying on us the whole time. Something that always runs through my mind when I think of this story, besides the fact that it wasn't my brother or our friend David, is that when Chris and I were chasing after him or whoever that was, I remember feeling like I just wasn't running as fast as I could. And what would have happened if I had actually caught up to this guy or kid or whatever it was? What would have happened then? I can't help but think that this was some kind of paranormal event, but whenever my cousin and I talk about this story, we call that person the Red Man because of the red shirt that he was wearing just like my brother was that Thanksgiving night. Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. This happened 14 years ago when I was 17 years old. It happened in my childhood home, which in a previous post I explained a lot of strange things happened there. And this is the most terrifying experience that I've ever had with the paranormal to date. I always knew that my house was haunted. I would see things out of the corner of my eye, hear weird noises and just have strange things happen. I really tried to convince myself part of it was just my imagination and my own interest in the paranormal. But one February night, I would experience something that to this day makes the hair stand on my neck. When I was 17, my parents separated. I opted to stay in my family home with my dad. My father relapsed during this time and was actually a heavy alcoholic, so I was left alone quite a bit, especially when he was drinking. To get a better picture of this story, I kind of need to explain how the house was laid out too. So the first thing is that the living room was huge. The couch was placed on one wall that had a window in the kitchen, and no glass, just a cut-out rectangle that let us see each other from the kitchen to the living room. 
To get to the kitchen, you would have to go through the office and hallway all around the house. In the back of the kitchen is the stairs to the basement and our back door that leads to our backyard, which has its own road access as we parked in the back of our house. Now one night, I was alone. I have always been a bit of a night owl too and it was about 2am when this event happened. I was sitting on my couch watching CSI and I heard my back door open and close. This was not totally unusual as my uncle lived close by and the closest access was through the back lane from our backyard. So, my first thoughts were annoyed. If my dad was coming through the back door, he was coming from my uncle's and he would definitely be extremely drunk. So, I called out dad, but there was no answer. Annoyed that he wasn't responding, I yelled out dad, but again, no answer. At this point, I'm pretty ticked off because if he isn't responding to me, then he's really, really drunk and I hated dealing with him like that. So I got up from the couch and turned around to look through the window to the kitchen that showed the kitchen and the back door and said, Dad, and I stopped as soon as I saw it. At first, I couldn't believe what I was looking at. Standing in the middle of my kitchen was a seven to eight foot tall black silhouette. I could see this thing's head, shoulders, arms, and legs, but no facial features. It was completely black like the blackest of black that I've ever seen. I was terrified and I whispered dad one last time just to make sure that I wasn't dreaming or hoping it was just a practical joke or something but there was no answer and no movement. Just this tall dark shadow peering at me. I quickly ran towards the desk across the living room, grabbed an envelope knife, it was the only weapon available, walked around the corner to the porch, grabbed my boots this is February in northern Canada, and just silently stood there, waiting to see what would happen if I stayed. I must admit that at this point, I was a little bit curious, and that trumped my fear at the time. After standing there for a few minutes, I could hear creaking coming from the kitchen. My cat walked past me from the living room and towards the kitchen. She looked into the kitchen and all of a sudden started acting really strange. She moved one leg at a time in a sort of stiff motion. All her hair was raised and once she was out of whatever trance that she was in, she just bolted upstairs. And at this point, I was done. I ran out the door and ran barefoot in the snow until I felt safe. I put my boots on and continued to walk to our local convenience store to call my dad. My dad was actually sober at his girlfriend's and agreed to come and get me and bring me home and investigate. He went into the house first, inspecting everything, and he couldn't find anything. I then hesitantly went inside myself and told him that it came through the back door. He walked to the back door and he said, how? It's locked. And the color drained from my face as I myself had to turn the handle and try to open the door again and it would not open. I still really don't know what happened that night and why this thing manifested itself to me or what it even wanted. I do know that it terrified me though and I refused to sleep in the house for weeks after that and to this day, discussing it makes my eyes water and my hair stand on end. Something definitely came into my house that night. Something completely uninvited. This happened to me about a month ago, some context too. I'm a woman in my mid-twenties who lives alone in a cozy flat in the attic area of an old Victorian building. 
up in the old servants' quarters where I belong. The design of the roof hanging over my window and the high driveway walls means that I get some interesting acoustics. During the quiet night time, the sounds bounce up from the whole long street, even from out of sight, and I can hear the footsteps and conversations of passerbys as crystal clear as if they were in the room with me, yet standing down on the drive, you can't hear them at all. It was almost 4am and pitch dark outside. I had been finding it hard to sleep properly the last few nights, so I was still up and pottering around in my PJs with the lights on. I had the window cracked and the blinds half open to get some fresh air in. I usually keep them closed if I have a light on at night. You can see right into my room from the street and the houses across, which I sadly did not realize for my first couple of months here. Sorry neighbors if you saw me dancing and cooking in my underwear. However, I was so flustered from not getting sleep and desperate for air, I thought everybody else would be snoozing. So, I had done the same for the previous three or four sleepless nights. I had just made some tea and settled down to read a book when I heard my door buzzer ringing. I remember thinking that it was odd that I had not heard anybody approaching as I was just sat by my window. But I brushed it off as being sleep deprived. Nobody who visits me ever rings my door buzzer. They call my phone, so I grabbed my phone to check if I had missed something from a friend or a family. But no, there was nothing. So I quickly ran to the window to look down at the porch, but unfortunately I could only see the steps leading up to it. The motion sensor light was on though, and I could hear strange scuffling noises and then some thuds. I figured somebody had called the wrong flat by mistake or something, and was probably just drunkenly stumbling around out there. But even with my rational explanation, a strange sense of just unease overwhelmed me. I felt on edge after I heard the thuds and turned my lights off so I could gawp through the blinds without being seen, but unfortunately I couldn't see much. After a few minutes, the noises stopped and the motion sensor light turned off, although I, although I didn't see anybody come back down the steps. I figured that I'd either miss them in the dark or the person that they were looking for had just let them in. After 20 minutes or so, I relaxed and turned my lamp back on to potter around again. But about a minute later though, my buzzer rang again, and this time it was ringing repeatedly as if someone was aggressively holding the button down. I froze and stared at it for a while, unsure what to do now. It was starting to get annoying though, and I began to worry that it might actually be somebody that I know who needs help. I mean, why else would they be ringing at my door at like 4am in the morning? And so I plucked up the courage to answer this time, albeit with a shaky hand. I said hello, but there was no reply. But I can hear somebody breathing heavily through the phone static. It sounded like a man. Uh, who is this and what do you want? Again, no reply, just breathing. I hung up thinking that they'd got the wrong flat or the telecom was playing up again and I stayed by the wall phone for a few moments staring at it, unsure what to do. The buzzer went off loudly again though and I just about jumped out of my skin as I was so tense. Who is this? Why do you keep calling me? All I can hear is static again. Thinking that I was getting knocked down gingered, ding dong ditching for my US friends across the big pond, I went to hang up the phone again. But just before I did, I could hear a muffled voice and I whipped the phone back to my ear and demanded to know who it was. What was that? Let me in. Uh, what? Who are you? Let me in. Please, please. His voice starts breaking into a panic. 
I'm not letting you in. You haven't said who you are. There's people coming to get me. They tried to jump me and I ran away. I'm not safe out here. Please, you've got to let me in. Please. Immediately, I noped the heck out and hung up the war phone. There was no way that I was letting a strange man into my building who wouldn't identify himself. Especially as I had to leave the safety of my locked flat to physically go down to the front porch to open it. My gut was also telling me that his story was just complete crap. But on the off chance that it was true, I was worried that there were about a I was worried that there was about to be a crazy fight on my driveway. So I grabbed my mobile phone and dialed triple nine as I ran to turn my lights off and shut the blinds again, peeking out through a crack. The man had been ringing my buzzer non-stop since I hung up, but shortly after I turned the lights out, it stopped again. The weird shuffling and the thumping noises on the porch started up again as I explained the situation to the emergency operator on the phone. She urged me to stay calm and stay on the phone with her and said that the police were already aware that something was happening. Somebody else in my building had called earlier to say that a man had been trying to break into the front door after trying all the ground floor windows down the side and the back. They'd had a similar call a few nights before too and that explains the weird noises that I kept hearing and why I didn't hear him approach from the street at the front. The noises had now stopped but I was beginning to panic pretty hard. I asked the lady when the police would arrive and she said that they would send out a unit as soon as one was available. Yay, recent cuts to police funding, am I right? And to stay locked inside. After 10 minutes of no activity outside and the motion light turning off, the lady said to stay in my flat with the door locked. I'm sure, like I was going to do anything else anyway. And to call back if he reappeared and they'd escalate it to their end if he made it into the building and then she just ended the call. I sat by the window watching and sure enough, a few minutes later, the noises started again and the light below came on. To be honest, I really don't think he ever left or he went down the side to the car park at the back or something. I still couldn't see what was going on because of the angle from my window. I was about to call the police again when a taxi driver passing by slammed on his brakes and shouted out of his window. And I stopped to listen. The taxi driver said, Hey you, what are you doing over there? I dropped you off on the other side of town an hour ago. Which meant that the taxi driver knew this man. What a twist, right? The random man said, Oh hey, I lost my keys. My friends live here and I'm trying to get a hold of them to let me in. I see the shoulder and the leg of the man come around the corner slightly and the taxi driver says, You told me that you were going home to sleep it off and wouldn't be causing any more trouble like earlier. I asked you to get out and you begged me to drop you home still, so I did and now you're not at home. The man then says, I just said that I had no keys to get in. I'm trying to stay with my friends. They live here. You could hear at this point that the man was getting agitated and an edge was creeping into his tone as he lied again. The taxi driver then said, So why are you skulking down the side there making a ruckus instead of ringing the bell? What's going on? What are you really doing? And the man gets angry at this point and storms down the driveway to confront the taxi driver. This is my first time getting a proper look at him, although I could only see the back of him and he looked like a pretty normal, well-presented young guy with brown hair, black t-shirt, jeans, and trainers. I was actually surprised, based on his appearance. I mean, he would not be somebody that I would normally think to avoid late at night. I couldn't really make out what he said next, as they were both shouting over each other, but I could hear the taxi driver yell police, and the man suddenly leapt towards his car door. 
The taxi driver quickly screeched off down the road, leaving the man standing there swearing and seething. It was at this point that I realized that I'd been a complete idiot, frozen by the window, watching this scene unfurl beneath me without calling the police to let them know that he was back. I ducked down to pick up my phone, which I must have dropped amidst the commotion. As I spoke to a different operator, the man turned around and strolled down the driveway a little bit, but seemed to hesitate and stop, staring up at my building. I tried to get a good look at his face, but it was way too dark to make out much detail. He stood like this for almost 10 minutes, just standing there and staring up at my window, occasionally swaying from side to side. I knew rationally that he couldn't see me peeking out, but I could have sworn that he was staring right at me and knew that I was there. He stopped looking at my window and turned to stare at the door for a few moments. I was begging the emergency operator to get the police out here sooner as I was worried that he was going to try the door again. However, I think the confrontation with the taxi driver made him lose his nerve and he was worried about police showing up. I could hear him make an odd kind of huffing or snorting noise of frustration as he turned and left my driveway, slowly walking down the street and out of sight. I updated the emergency operator with the direction that he was headed off in and then I ended the call. About 10 minutes later, I saw a police car cruise by with its headlights off, heading the way that he'd gone. Unsurprisingly, they never found him though as it had just been too long and there were way too many streets and alleys around for him to just slip down and away from. He never did come back again but I stayed vigilant by that window until sunrise, crying my little eyes out and chain smoking like hell. I didn't sleep properly for weeks afterwards and I get extremely paranoid walking to and from my building now. I've stopped taking the bins down too if the sun is even slightly setting now and Luckily, I had already begun the process to move elsewhere for unrelated reasons, so I only have to live here for a couple more weeks before I move to a big house with friends. It's a bit of a shame too because I liked living on my own before this, but now I'm really grateful to be losing my privacy to have some backup. Also, I want to give a shout out to the brave taxi driver who stopped to confront him. You were more helpful than the local police and I don't know if he would have left if you had not scared him off like that. And boy do I wish that I could ask you what the hell happened when you met that man earlier in the night. This happened a while ago when I was about 16 or 17. I'd been living with my older sister as a sort of a live-in babysitter for my three nephews at the time and my room was in the unfinished basement. Sort of just a, a big area with a rug on the floor, a dresser, a bed, TV, the usual. So I was down there reading or something one day when I heard my sister's voice, clear as day, call down to me, hey come upstairs. Having no reason to think anything of it, I rolled off my bed and make my way towards the stairs. I get about halfway up when a feeling of just absolute terror hit me. My hair stand on end and my skin crawls. It's the middle of the day though, sun shining brightly through the many windows of the entryway that sits atop the open stairs and I just try to shake it off, wondering what the heck. I get to the top and the feeling only gets worse. I call out my sister's name and then realize something quickly. It's silent in the house and anybody with any number of young kids, especially three boys all under 10, know that that never happens. There is a little carpeted set of steps that leads to the always open French doors of the main house, 
I don't see anyone inside, and as soon as I take a step toward them, my heart leaps into my throat. I've never been afraid of anything like I was in that moment. On a whim, I walked away to check the attached garage for a car. I just opened the door when I heard her voice say again, come in here. I glanced into the garage, saw that a car wasn't in there, and at this point, I didn't waste any time. I raced down the basement steps, grabbed my car keys, and I just noped out of there. It's been 10 years, and I still have no idea what happened that day. I told my friends and family and got a few, you just scared yourself, silly girl, and you must have imagined it kind of things, but I don't think so. I'd been living out there for months by that time, been alone dozens of times, and nothing like that had ever happened before. So, if anyone has any ideas, I'm all ears. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.